He's Finn. She's April. I'm George the Drunk. No, wait. He's Baz. She's Nova. I'm the shark. No, that ain't it either. This ain't Sharknado. It's Vikings Report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? <laughs> Ted Glover. I am happier than a cow chasing a June bug. I'm doing good tonight. <laughs> I'm doing good tonight. I'm drinking some up dog. What is up dog? What is up with you, dog? <laughs> is it me or does it smell like up dog in here? What's up, dog? Nothing much. What's up with you? Oh, wow. And, and we're off. Okay, so that was like a stupid dad joke, and that kind of goes right along the lines of tonight's movie, Sharknado. Why did we pick Sharknado? <laughs> because Sharknado is so dumb and so stupid, it's entertaining, just like the NFL offseason is right now. Even though my NHL team is one of the worst in the league, I'm going Sharknado tonight to support my Sharks. <laughs> what about that movie, Ted? You know, it's just so dumb. You can't help but laugh and enjoy a mindless hour and a half in your life that you'll never get back. It's better than doing a mock draft right now. It is. It is much better than doing a mock draft. I think there's a little bit of genius behind the creators of Sharknado. They were fully in tune with the product they were putting out. Yes. And they were in on the joke from the beginning. Right. Unlike the majority of folks that are like Baldy from Wyzetta. You know, the, the Minnesota Vikings pay a lot of people a lot of money to scout players and have a pretty good idea what other teams are going to do. But Wally from Wyzetta, drop your 44th PFF mock draft and tell me what the Vikings are going to do. Please. I beg you. Take my picture. Real There's no time for this. You picture. have to get out of here. Nova, come on. 44 mock drafts a week, and even though we haven't had we haven't had free agency yet, how can you do a mock before free agency? That's like Tara Reed stacking them up one by one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tara Reed stacked more bodies than SEAL Team Six, baby. I told you not to come. Her dating list is longer than our free agency we have tonight on tight end on the tight end. Talk about a tight end. She's perfect for it. She may be a lot of things, but that ain't it anymore, brother. <laughs> We love you, Tara. We got a big show tonight. The Combine is underway as this show airs. We've got our positional analysis this week. We're hitting tight ends. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> we got some great stuff. Quasio Dofometsa had a very enlightening press conference at the beginning of the Combine. We're going to talk about that because he talked about a couple things that are pertinent to the future of this football team. But before we get going, she is going to hit the promo for our weekly spot on Purple Pain Forums and vikingsreport.com. So if you would, Ruby, roll the tape, or I'm going to do another mock draft. Before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we are affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft, even stuff that has nothing to do with sports. If you're into that, we are the official podcast and, and YouTube program 
for Purple Pain Forums. They are our official website slash message board. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else. Great place to go talk Vikings football. Check it out when you get a chance. The other place I want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet, vikingsreport.com. On vikingsreport.com, you get all our social media contacts for both Twitter and Facebook. None of us are on Instagram. None of us are on TikTok because that's a commie spy program. Over on vikingsreport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. If you do enough of them, everybody will get picked by the Vikings. I will give the NFL credit because they have taken things like the draft and the combine where guys literally play catch and run a 40 yard dash and lift some weights. And they have turned it into media events. I'm not a combine guy. I don't watch guys working out at the gym. I don't watch guys run 40 yard dashes. Only 40-yard dash I like is Rich Eisen's from the NFL Network every year because it's funny and it makes me laugh. And it makes money for charity. And it does. It's a very good cause for charity. Other than that, I don't care who does what at the combine. I really don't. But there are people that are more emotionally invested in what Bobby Ray Slapjack from Sabotage State University does in his vertical than they are in their marriage. April is mine. Excuse me? And now I can freely move on in my life. And so can you. And God bless the NFL for getting Americans to that point. God bless them. 54 America, baby. Hail to the chief. It's the underwear Olympics. I mean, people yeah. jot everything down. This guy's three cone time was 3.82. The other guy's 3.62. Where could the point 20 be? I don't get it. I don't want to watch it. I, I just, I don't, I don't care. Guys' hands are nine and three quarter thing. And it, if it's not nine and seven eighths, he's going to fail in the NFL. So the big news right now is that Kenny Pickett's hands are small. That's the big headline right now. So his hands measured in at 8.5 inches. And that would mean he would have the smallest hands among current NFL quarterbacks. Right. I know. It's just dumb quarter inch on your fingers what about Tara Reed just Tara Reed so anyways we got a big show tonight we're going to talk about all that but before we do get going Drewster what time is it okay I'm cooler than you are so why don't you fix your little problem fly that helicopter into the f5 tornado and light this candle he's right light that sharknado I'm gonna need a bigger chainsaw all right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Oh, Ted, my gosh. I got to ask you, the helicopter thing, you've flown many helicopters on many missions. You know what you're doing about that. They flew that copter that looked like a CBS Channel 5 news copter. Yes. Into an F5 tornado. Yes. Is that possible? It is not. First time in a chopper? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just had to verify that with a certified helicopter pilot. Oh, crap. Look at all those sharks. 
You didn't need a certified helicopter pilot to tell you that. I mean, you didn't. But again, that's what makes the movie great. Yeah, exactly. Ian Zering is like, as the helicopters go into the F-5 tornado and not splitting into a million pieces, he's shooting from like, what, a thousand feet away with a nine millimeter shark after shark after he's just clearing a path for his boy. <laughs> shooting them out of the sky, they're falling. And on the last note, you know what they're saying? That when people say it's campy and it's stupid, $4.8 billion. That's incredible. B, with a B, Ted. $4.8 billion. You just keep doing it. Don't never stop making Sharknadoes. We got to get on with the show. So the NFL yeah, Combine is going on. It started off with some pretty sobering news. Potential number one overall pick, defensive tackle Jalen Carter, had to leave the Combine because two arrest warrants were issued for him for uh, reckless driving and racing, both misdemeanor charges. I don't know if you remember, right after Georgia won the national championship, a Georgia football player and a recruiting staff member were killed in a car accident related to that. Right. Pretty serious stuff. Does that impact Jalen Carter's draft status, or do you think it's still too early to tell? First, it's too early to tell because you got to let these things play out. You never know what's going to happen by April. There might be new news that clears them of every, you know, you don't know yet. Right. You don't know yet, but there's certainly a GM that doesn't care about, if it's a misdemeanor, whatever, he's such a high-rated player. I don't think there's many GMs that even care about it. I still see him as a top 15 guy. Some people say, well, he could fall out of the first round. I don't see it with him. A few GMs are going to cross him off the list, but there's always some that say, unless he's murdered somebody or caused a Sharknado, he's a first-round guy. It's not like he's a fourth-rounder. I agree it's too early, but the thing that stuck out to me is that these are misdemeanor charges. I don't know a whole lot about the law, but I know misdemeanor charges for a lot don't generally involve jail time. And I, I would bet, depending on what the outcome of this is, guys in the NFL have done a lot worse than what Jalen Carter's being accused of doing. Allegedly, he put out a statement, said, look, there's been a lot of stuff out here that's simply not true. I'm going to be fully exonerated when the dust settles. And that very well may be. So, yeah, I think eventually when this all comes out in the wash, not a lot is going to change with his draft status. It came out. A good time for him to keep his draft status because it's still a month and a half from the draft. Yeah. If this comes out a week before the draft, people are all emotional. GMs are emotional. It probably yeah. would drive them down further. But it's March 2nd. You know, we live in this society, Ted, where a week from now, it's all different. Barring any really story altering news to come out of this, I would agree with you. I bet not a whole lot. On another note, Ted, we've been seeing this our whole lives and we always say the same thing. What a dope. And then it mm -hmm. happens again. Mm -hmm. It happens again. Mm -hmm. It happens again. And it never stops. Just like Sharknado movies. They never stop. Oh, they release one every year and it makes 4.8 million. It's Planet of the Aprils. <laughs> if you're not supposed to do something because the NFL says we don't want you doing this and you do it and you're literally putting millions of dollars at risk for you and your family. I don't get the decision. made. I get young people do dumb things. We all did. Some of us did more dumb things than others. I get it. But man, when you're looking at generational wealth, something that will set your family up for two or three generations after you're gone, if you play your cards right in dealing with the money, I just don't understand the decision-making process of some of these guys. I just don't. I'm glad you didn't get into a big discussion about pot usage because I don't know much about that. You did this. You got into kitty cats treats. While I was going, <laughs> shark. <laughs> what 
what do we got going? What's next? So the NFLPA, Players Union for the NFL players, did a poll and they came out with a report card for potential free agents on the best places to go. The Minnesota Vikings in this poll are the best franchise in the NFL to work on. Pulled seven categories, include weight room, facilities, nutrition, the training staff, all that, how families are treated. And the Vikings, of those seven categories, their lowest grade was a very non-John Blutarski-like A-. minus. I mean, they got A's straight across the board. That is pretty impressive. Anything can help with free agency if you're trying to lure somebody to the team. Those are the little differences, little details. We always talk about the details that might make a difference as then coming to Minnesota to play. Yeah, if all things being equal, like money and gears, length of contract, guaranteed money, all that is the same, what separates the Vikings from other franchises? And I think this will go a long way. You know who was dead last? The Packers? The Washington Commanders were last overall, but shocker! But the Arizona Cardinals were right there. I mean, like, if you want a dinner on game day and you're traveling, they give you a box lunch and they dock you from your game check for that. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? No way. Yes, they do. Dude! If you go to the facility, if you're an Arizona Cardinal and you say, you know what? I want to go to the facility and lift weights today and it's the off season. Uh, and you're like, man, I'm hungry. I think I'm going to get some lunch at the cafeteria. You got to pay for it. <laughs> Dude, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Wait a minute. That's it. I don't get it. Commander's franchise is pretty much that Boogie Knights. Commander's are Boogie Knights. Do <laughs> you have any coke at this party? Oh, gosh, I'm sure they come out somewhere. <laughs> You know, last week, we also talked about Brian Flores. Would he make moves? We talked about him getting rid of Minuski, the inside linebackers coach. He hired his own guy, Mike Savaro, who was the Panthers linebacker coach last year, is now the inside linebacker coach. Lucas Bennett, who was on Flores' staff from 2019 to 2021, is now the defensive quality control coach. And by God, does the Minnesota Vikings defense need quality and control. On the last show, we said more coaches are going to be gone. There was one other movement. Greg Grant Udinsky has now become assistant to the assistant regional manager. I'm assistant regional manager. I should know first. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, okay. Wait, no, I mean assistant quarterback coach. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, assistant, assistant manager. To the re- regional manager, yeah. So, you know, we talked about Flores bringing in his guys. That's starting to happen. I would expect some more moves in the, in the coming days and weeks. Probably not till after the combine. Once they start leading up to free agency in the draft. I'm excited about this draft. I mean, not yeah. only the draft, but Brian Flores getting his, you know, coaches together and his plan together. Not worried about the defense at this stage anymore. I'm not either. You know what else I'm not worried about, Drew? The general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Guy's awesome, dude. He had an introductory press conference. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday at the combine before everything, all the events started kicking off. Quasi, he was asked a question about Kirk Cousins. And before the press conference, it came out, I Tom Pelissero reported like a day or two before everybody rolled into Indy that a one-year extension for Kirk Cousins seems unlikely. He was on Good Morning Football. He said, we're trying to find great solutions to fit our two to three-year time horizon involving Kirk. Ultimately, our goal is to put together a championship team. At the Combine, he said this about Kirk, and it's, you know, does he meet this threshold? And yes, he does, because there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that meet that threshold of being good. There's a lot of guys that would like to have Kirk for their quarterback. So now the question is, how do you build that around him? Or do you think if you can't in the time frame you think you need to do it in, do you go out and get a guy? So here's that quote. We talk about necessary and sufficient conditions, right, in math. And so a necessary condition is having 
a starter-level quarterback, a quarterback of above certain threshold. Now, that doesn't mean for sure you're going to win. That's not the only thing you need, but that is one of the things you need, right? So having a good level quarterback is a necessary condition. Kirk quarterback meets that threshold, so we know that. Okay, well now, how do you build the rest of the team around him to make sure that you can win in that way? Different quarterbacks require different things around him, but we know that for sure he meets that threshold. How long does he meet that threshold? Those are things we got to answer. Is there a chance to add somebody maybe with different skill sets? Those are all questions we got to answer, so there's not one right way, but I do know one thing. I know he is good enough. He meets that first threshold, and that's, that's, a, that's a question that a lot of people can't answer with a yes, so we got to make sure that we treat that in the, in the proper importance that it is. What are your thoughts on that, Drew? It's right on the fence about what you do with Kirk Cousins. I don't have an answer for you, Ted. I don't know whether you try to structure some of the kind of extension or are we done with the extension? Is this it for this year? Is this, is this it? The thing I love about this answer is this. If you're a fan that thinks Kirk Cousins needs a three or four year extension, if they're not going to do a one, they're probably not going to do two. That would mean three or four. Do you think the Vikings should do a three or four year extension on Kirk Cousins? That's what you took away from that quote that, yeah, well, the Vikings are definitely going to resign Kirk. If you're a fan that thinks the Minnesota Vikings should go out and get their quarterback of the future, you could also take that away from that quote as well. That's why I think the guy's a genius, man, because he has everybody believing what their own personal thoughts are in the situation. Right. What do I think they're going to do? I think you only get one shot to be a GM or NFL coach in this league. A lot of times, a lot of times you get one shot. And so they have to ask themselves, is Kirk Cousins a guy you want to hitch your wagon to for three years? And if he doesn't get you to where you want to go, what happens at the end of that three or four years? Everything is accelerated from the guys we saw growing up. Yeah. You got a head coaching job. You got five or six years automatically. Yep. You usually did. Now you get an hour. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Remember when those guys used to get hired? Jack Patera with the Seahawks. Yeah. They didn't do so well. He would have been gone in these standards Mm -hmm. the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. The Vikings got something working good here, and I trust what they're going to do as a team because as a team, they're all making the decision together. Yeah. We don't have a coach who hates the GM. The GM thinks the coach is a dick or anything. I think they, they do work well together, and I have more confidence in this regime than I had in any other one. You can make the argument that, look, Kirk's 35. He's going to be, I think, 36 when the season starts. If you do a three-year extension, now you're looking at a dude that's going to be 39. No. Well, okay, but on the other hand, though, you've got – a reasonable argument, and I think Quasey was kind of saying that, you know, like, what do you have to do to build it up around him? That Kirk and Matthew Stafford are kind of very much the same guy. And if you can build an offense, a good offense that Kirk can execute, which he did this last year, and a defense like the Rams had a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl, you can win it all. Go ahead and give us Aaron Donald in the middle. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Tara, you're going to have to call after the show. I can't talk to you right now. No, I know what I said. Call me after the show. We'll work something out. I look up sharks on the internet, and then I see, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex. And then I think, well, how, do, how does a whale and a shark have sex? <laughs> he also had another interesting quote about Justin Jefferson. We'll play that right now. I don't want to be the Vikings the GM without that guy on our team. So it's a high priority. We got to make sure that we do it in the order that we can do it in, obviously, given our, uh, you know, all our other decisions we have to make. But it's not just having an elite player, because I think people, maybe they appreciate the talent, maybe they don't. The human, it's, it's, it's even better. Seeing it up close every day, um, just 
just he just wants to win. You know, when I when I met him the first time I met him actually, uh, we walk in the building and I, and I made a joke about something else that was happening with the wide receiver at the time about their contract and I was like I just laugh I say we won't have any issues and he says I just want to put wins on the board. Didn't smile. It wasn't really like this like haha thing. It was the way he said it. That's the guy you see on Sunday who won't turn down double teams, whole defense designed to stop him. He's trying to put the Minnesota Vikings on his back. He wants to win a championship. When you have people like that in your building, try everything you can to not let them out. You're obviously going to trade him. I mean, JJ's out there. <laughs> All he wants to do is win, and you do whatever you can to keep guys like that on your football team. Sounds like a guy who's got one foot out the door. Idiots. <laughs> Are we idiots? After three years, three seasons, did we trade Randy Moss? No. Alan Page? No. Did the Bulls trade Jordan? They did not. Did Edmonton trade Gretzky? Eventually, but not the first three years, no. They trade him on the back end of his career. They did. And he still won a championship. He with, did. With the Kings. With the Kings, he did. Do people not know what they got when they got Justin Jefferson, Ted? They just think he's just a number one receiver. He's yeah. a generation receiver. I, I think he is. Sharknado made $4.8 billion. <laughs> That's about what Justin Jefferson is going to make on his next five-year deal. $4.8 billion. He's going to get the GDP of India, and he deserves it. I'm so alive. Cha-ching, 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 Money, oh, money, how I love thee. Well said to show you how much the Vikings value Justin Jefferson. And this was kind of a controversial. Ben Gessling tweeted this out, I think on Monday, early part of the week. He said earlier, I don't want to be GM without Justin Jefferson on the roster. And Justin Jefferson is going to be in the conversation on some roster decisions. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to pick and choose what guys are going to be cut and what guys are going to be signed and all that. But I think they are going to keep him in the loop of, hey, this is what we're thinking at the quarterback position, whether it's keep Kirk, let him play out his deal and go find a guy. I don't really see that as being a bad thing. Do you? No, I don't think it's a bad thing. Part of my argument about Cousins has been, look at JJ's numbers over the course of the last three years. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that all by himself. He didn't. You get a quarterback in here that's going to lower those numbers by a third, Justin Jefferson ain't going to be happy. He wants somebody to get him the football, somebody who's experienced. A lot of people are saying, well, Justin Jefferson's making roster decisions. That is not what Quasi Dofomens has said. Maybe that's what Mike Lynn would want to do. Mike Lynn, shoot me into the sun. All right, look, so that's all the combine news and the Vikings news going on right now. We're going to roll to our positional analysis introduction. And if you missed it last week, it's my grandson, Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel, buddy, hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Vikings Report with Drew and my papa. Positional analysis. Hit it, papa. thoughts overall on the tight end class for this year you know we haven't really had a tight end class that erupts with nine or ten blue chip players mm -hmm. i don't know why it's always one or two and then teams wait and they take guys late Ted, in the last four nfl drafts there have been only two tight ends selected in the first round can you name them now the unicorn down in atlanta what is that dude's name kyle pitt 
Kyle Pitts, yeah. I just call him the unicorn. 2021. The other first-round tight end draft pick. I don't know. Noah Fant for the Broncos in 2019. Iowa. Yeah, the Iowa guy, yeah. Last year, there was only uh, four taken in the first 101 picks. Total amount of tight ends. That's 42 tight ends taken in the last three drafts. All right, so look, obviously, if the Vikings do get a guy, it's not going to be your guys you have at the top of your list. Michael Meyer, Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington. I'm disappointed that you don't have an Iowa tight end ranked higher than five because, look, we talked about the wide receiver position last week. I kind of bragged about Ohio State being wide receiver U. If there's a tight end U in college football, it's University of Iowa. They produce tremendous NFL tight ends. And Sam Laporta is on my Vikings watch. He's my number one guy on Vikings watch. Third round guy? You think they'd go after a tight end that early? No, I'm thinking if he falls. You don't want to spend that third round pick on him. But that guy, don't be deceived that he only had one touchdown receiving with Iowa last year, Chad. They only had four as a team. <laughs> I was going to say, they only scored one touchdown all year on offense, didn't they? He got 25% of the touchdowns. Only get one. <laughs> 40 games, he's got 153 passes. Ferentz uses that tight end. So he's number one. On my Vikings list, because he's got great hands and he already knows how to run routes. Those are your first two things you look at. Then you look at run after catch and all that. There's not many things that Sam Laporta does bad. He's a really good football player. Maybe blocking. He needs a little work on the blocking. Do you remember when Hayden Fry was a coach at Iowa and their tight end would stand up, stand upright at the line of scrimmage? Yes. What about Hayden Fox? You remember him? Uh, yeah. National champion coach for Minnesota State. Look how well he did with the coaching staff he had at, with like Dauber. <laughs> I was just saying. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny, dude. All right. Anyway, sorry. He's number one on my Viking list. The two fastest of my top 16 are Luke Musgrave ran a 4-5-1. The other one is Mr. Zach, number 13. Zach Koontz, Ted. I don't want you yeah. to get started now on Zach Koontz. Why would I? I don't know. If I start, I'll finish. <laughs> a lot of this talent in these late guys, there's a lot of potential, but they're developmental guys. Oh, so you're saying Koontz is tainted? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a ton of potential, but these guys need a lot of work, Ted. You know, Schoonmaker, he's on the yeah. list. He made my list, and he's got a lot of work to do himself. He's a good tight end. He's something the Vikings could use. He moves the chains, great hands, and he's a great blocker. He's probably one of the best blockers in this top 15, but... He needs to work on catching the ball and contested catches and things like that. That was going to be my question to you. Out of this list, I would argue that if the Vikings looked for a tight end in the draft, it would be late and it would be more of a blocking tight end because you've got Hawkinson as your de facto wide receiver too right now. Is Schoonmaker the best blocking tight end that you have on this list or you got another guy you think is a little bit better? My best blocking tight end is probably Darnell Washington from Georgia. It's kind of unfair to look at his numbers from Georgia because he played behind that Brock Bowers guy mm -hmm. who will be the number one tight end taken next year. Just like Trey McBride was last year, Bayer will be first this year. Next year, it'll be Brock Bowers. But he is a great, great blocker. I put Schoonmaker up there with him. Payne Durham from Purdue is a great blocking tight end. It's weird. When guys are great blocking tight ends, and they don't do much on the receiving end. Kittle's a tremendous blocker and yeah. receiver, run after catch contested catches he's got all of it covered a lot of these guys if they're really good receivers they're poor at blocking i will say this dalton kincaid of utah if he was a better blocker i'd have him ahead of mayor 
both guys are NFL ready to play. Kincaid's a better receiver. Mayer's a better blocker. That was the difference between one and two there. But both of those guys are really, really good players. How about Tucker Kraft from South Dakota? Yeah, how about him? South Dakota's the Jackrabbits. They are. Bet you that's where Terry Reed went. Terry Reed. <laughs> Tucker Kraft. He's like Hunter Henry, Ted. He reminds me a lot of him on tape. 6'5", 255, 27 catches, 348 in the air and three touchdowns. Pretty moderate numbers, but size and strength. He's one of the top guys out of all these guys. He's the guy that can do the receiving and the blocking together. Of course, everybody talks about the competition South Dakota plays. Didn't South Dakota State win the FCS National Championship? I believe they did this year. People talk about the level of competition. Doesn't matter to me. If you can play, you can play. Needs a little work on his hands and route running, but everybody does. Everybody needs help on route running. Who's a guy in the later round? You've got guys like Mallory Coons, Durham, and Sims down here at the bottom of the list that you think are Viking sleeper dudes in, in the later rounds. Wiley. Wiley Coyote, Ted. Yeah, from Cincinnati. Runs through people. Runs over people like Earl Campbell. Very, very physical tight end. If Wiley becomes a better blocker, he'll be the best tight end in this draft. Size. Great receiving skills, versatile. You can play him every down. He's ready to go, and I, I wish I could have ranked him even higher, but even though he's a good blocker, he's still developing as a blocker. All 15 of your guys going to get drafted, you think? You know, usually I only get about nine, nine to 11 guys drafted. I'm going to say for this draft, I like the potential more than last year's draft for the tight ends. I think they could work out in two to three years being a better draft class than the 2022 guys. I am going to say... 11 get drafted. Okay. Everybody has something to work on, but I like this class, Ted. I don't think there's any bums in it. I'm just not enamored with the tight end position, at least in the draft. I just don't think drafting a tight end in the first round makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, I never got the hype of Kyle Pitts. I just never did. Maybe it's positional bias for me, but I just don't see a whole lot of value added unless you're a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle, or even, I would say, a TJ Hawkinson at this point. The position you draft a guy at better produce, and he better produce a lot right away. And if he doesn't, you're really running the risk of a guy being called a bust. Pitts was hurt, and I get all that. There's never a reason for me to take a tight end in the top five when you've got corners, defensive tackles, defensive ends, wide receivers, maybe quarterbacks on the board that can have a much bigger impact on your team a lot earlier. Right. The last three drafts, Two of them have had no tight ends taken to the first round. What does that tell you? Yeah. I see the Vikings maybe finding a free agent, like a real cheap free agent or something, but this is not something I'm really looking at the Vikings addressing in a major way, either in free agency or the draft this year. I'll throw this out there as we finish. You know who's really good to run after catch? Davis Allen from Clemson. Some of these tight ends can find the open spot really easy. Davis Allen is the guy that not only gets open, but could run with it after he catches it. All right, so that'll do it for our positional analysis review for tight end. Next week, we'll be doing the offensive tackle position. Again, not a position, a great need, but I think there's some depth guys there that the Vikings could look at. And Drew, buddy, you will fill us in on all of that information next week at that position.
donkey is driving so well. He seems to be driving worse now. Uh-oh. Oh, he's getting reckless. Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. What? It's Tootsies! And I want you to comment on it. Okay. I've got the last 20 years of Vikings drafts written down here on this sheet for tight end. Look at you. These are the all, all the guys that have been drafted since the year 2000. You tell me good or crappy. Okay. All right. Giles Cole. Never heard of her. <laughs> Jeff Dugan. Duggan. Mediocre, mediocre at best. Great Mickey Schuler from Penn State. Remember him? Oh, he's gonna be a ball. Oh, he's gonna be a superstar. Uh don't don't confuse him with Mickey Lolich, former pitching great for the Detroit Tigers. Uh bad. Denny McLean knowledge. Kyle Rudolph. Good. Good. Mike Hoyle Pruitt, 2015. <laughs> the uh Irv Smith before there was Irv Smith. That is so accurate right there. <laughs> he was Irv Smith before Irv Smith. David Morgan, sixth round, 2016. Not very good. Bucky Hodges, 2017, Virginia Tech. Uh, I'd rather have Bucky Dent. Tyler Conklin. I thought he was actually pretty good. He had a pretty good year last year. I gave him a check mark, too. I don't really follow how he did this year, but yeah, I, he was a good pick when it was all said and done. 2019, Irv Smith Jr. Bad. Such a disappointment. Zach Davidson with the one-handed catch at training camp. Oh, that's right. Put him right in the Hall of Fame after that OTA catch. And then Vic Muse. Still to be determined, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven tight ends drafted since the year 2000. And you gave the thumbs up to two of them. That is yeah. not good. It is not. That is not good. We drafted Dave Winfield as a tight end. <laughs> Yeah, did. yeah, that's true. 70, he ended up being that's a pretty true. good baseball player. They also yeah. drafted Rich Kotite. He, uh, he played for Vikings. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, Rich Kotite was a Viking. Oh, wow. Remember okay. Rich, Richie Kotite? No, what what year was he drafted? I remember him as a, as a terrible football coach. Oh, okay. All right. And then, yeah, the old Eagles guy that got ran out of town. Yeah, Jets went like 1-15 with the Jets. How many years do you think the Vikings have drafted a first-round tight end? I'm trying to think. Stu Voigt, Joe Sensor, maybe Joe Sensor. The answer is zero. Zero. Okay. 62 years. They've wow. never taken a tight end in the first round. I think it'll be over 63 this year. And you can find them late. I mean, like Kittle. Kittle was late. What about the greatest tight end that's ever played here, Steve Jordan? He was a seventh round pick. Was he really from Brown University? Wow. We got him in the seventh round. And he was the greatest tight end we've ever had here. So you can find them late. The Vikings' tight end luck has not been good the last 20 years. But maybe that's why Quasi traded for DJ Hawkinson last year. Maybe so. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Drew, again, thanks for uh, making me smart on these positional reviews we do every week with your big board. I love it. I learn a lot. Sharknado, perfect analogy to the this time of the offseason in the NFL. <laughs> Just think all the sharks as Wally from YZ's 33rd and 44th mock draft. 
You just want to just shoot them with a nine millimeter a thousand feet away. Don't forget to go over to Purple Pain Forums. Don't forget to like and subscribe and do all that good stuff you're supposed to do on this channel. I had a lot of fun, but as always, we'll try to do better the next time, buddy. Take us home. Ted Glover, thank you for bringing the energy and the knowledge to this show. Tootsis, I'm sorry. Probably the last hour I'm going to be alive, so I'll make my will and testament now. <laughs> I, I feel bad that Tootsis has all this production to do all the time, stacked onto whatever else she does. But yeah, you know what? She gets good money for this show. So more than Tara Reed does for walking the street. Tara, I'll call you back soon. That's about all we got for episode 92, Ted. Everybody have a great, great weekend. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Shoot the shark! April is mine. Excuse me? There are sharks flooding the streets. Looks like it's that time of the month. Need a lift? What are we gonna do? We're gonna stand and fight. We can't just wait here and wait for sharks to rain down on us again. Instead of letting live sharks rain down on people, we're gonna get in that chopper and throw bombs into the tornadoes. They took my grandfather. That's why I really hate sharks.